John chapter 6, verse 60 through 71. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is in hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Do this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. And who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye go, will ye also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. And he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him being one of the 12. Amen. 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 Lord, help us today. Yes. Help us understand that the commitment that is necessary to be a true disciple of God. Father God, there's many that have turned back, many that have refused to even hear the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Many who reject the church, who reject all Christianity, reject every pastor. Father, help us become better. Yes. Witnesses of your goodness, of your grace, of your kindness, of your love, of your power, and of the ministry that you came to this earth to, to perform. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. May be seated. It's it, it just interesting. Been preaching now. I, I've lost track. 10, 11, maybe 12 sermons on Jesus being radical. When I say radical, I mean saying things that we sometimes would think, well, Jesus wouldn't say. He says some things here in, 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 this, in this chapter. And we're going to go verse by verse. Had one of them sermons. Had it all, had it all done. Had it all printed out and ready to preach it and woke up this morning at about 4 o'clock and it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. I said, 
then the Spirit said to me, you know, just go down the text and, and, and give it verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept, and, and let the Spirit of God teach the lesson. So here we go. Verse 60, interesting verse. If you, if you, if you open your Bibles and, and, and say verse 60 and, and, and go down the text with me, it would be so much easier. Here we go. Many, therefore, of his disciples. What's a disciple? Follower. Someone who has decided to follow the Lord. Someone has, who has decided to walk with Jesus. And, 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 and there, are, there are real ones and bad ones. There are real and fake. Just like regular people. Most of us, some of us have, have, have had relationship with people. And, and some of them say that person was real and that person was fake. Okay. But here's Jesus' disciples. Followers. Some some expositors say there might have been five thousand people following him at this time. Okay, many of his of his disciples, when they heard this, said, "This is a hard saying. Who can hear it?" Well, the question begs to be answered. What did they hear? Okay. Obviously, they heard something that Jesus had recently said in the previous verses that caused them to say, I can't hear that. I can't follow that. That is just way too much for what I'm bargaining for. I, a lot of people come to Christianity. They come to, to the church. They come into to, to, to a relationship with the Lord, but they want to come on their terms. They want to come, they, they don't want to be, they don't want to upset their schedule, okay? They don't want to upset their way of life. They don't want to upset their standard of living. Really, really what I'm, I'm probably saying is they don't want to make that full commitment to the things of God. They'll say, well, that's for the preacher, okay? I'm the only one that has to be here every Sunday. This whole text is about commitment. And, and, and when I look at you guys, when I look at the folks that are here, and like I say, last week the church was full. Now I look at the faithful ones, the ones that have committed themselves to serving the Lord. And, and, and serving the Lord, let me tell you something. It ain't no easy thing. I don't want nobody to think, well, you know, anybody can't serve. Just like you don't want anybody fixing your food. Okay, you don't want anybody in your house. You're not going to let anybody in your car. Amen. So, so, so what caused these folks to say, this is a hard saying, who can hear? What did Jesus say? Well, go back to John 6, 53. Watch what Jesus says. Now, he knows he's got a lot of people following him. Okay? Now, now, now obviously, Jesus didn't go to some of these. I, I get, I get mail. I get, I get mail. Margaret and Ann probably look at my mailbox, look at my trash can, see all the mail I get. And I just throw it in the trash. A lot of it I throw it in the trash because it's how to get big and how to, how to get money and how to get a big church. And all. Jesus didn't take them classes. Amen. He didn't take them classes. Okay? So, so here's what Jesus said to these disciples that shook their world. That caused them to examine themselves. We're going to say that we have communion today. Let a man examine himself. You have to examine yourself. Am I doing, what are, what are the reasons I'm doing this for? Okay. I, I, I talk to a lot of ministers. 
I talk to a lot of people in ministry, and, and, and they're in it for the money. Okay? And people will say, well, Pastor, you know, last week when we had people here, we had some visitors here come from different churches, and I know my brother, you know, and, and, and he talked about his musicians, and they always want to raise, they want to raise, they want to raise, they want to raise. You know, and I'm sitting here like, you know, we don't spend no money on our musicians. Okay? Because a musician, to me, a musician is a minister. In, 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 in a real term of a musician, they're called ministers of music. So, so if a musician is able to play the organ or different things, that musician ought to be able to teach Sunday school. He ought to be able to teach exactly what amazing grace means. Okay? So when we start talking about that, why are you following the Lord? What's going on in a person's mind? Why are they following the Lord? Jesus, Jesus knew. And he said something radical to purify the people. The word of God is a purifying word. I know y'all begging to ask the question, but Pastor, get to it. What did he say? What did he say to cause these people to have a change of heart? Well, start at 53, John 6, 53. And Jesus said unto them, Talking to these 5,000 people that are following him. Because, see, see, a lot of folks are happy just with a full church. Okay? It's, it's full. But in the past, no, 90% of them don't care. Nothing about the things of God. 90% of them are doing whatever they want to do. But the whole order of business for that pastor is, I got a full church. Jesus didn't want just a full church. Okay? So he said this. To purify his church. Because he wanted true followers behind him. Amen. Okay? Folks that really the we used to say back when I worked at the prison, you know, we, we didn't hang out with a lot of guys that we knew ain't had no work. Because when things jumped off in the joint, you needed to have some people around you that knew how to take care of business, whether it was physical or verbal. Jesus didn't want fake people around him. We tend to be satisfied with that today. Get to it, pastor. Get to 53. And Jesus said unto them, John 6, 53. He get ready to shake it up. Verily I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Let me keep going. I'm going to explain all this. For my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. 56. And he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Let me stop there. What is Jesus saying? Sounds so radical. The people understood clearly what he was saying. Okay? Don't, don't think for a minute they was, they was like, well, I don't understand what you're saying, so I'm turning away. They understood exactly what he was saying. What Jesus was saying was, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood by faith. Okay? By faith. Whosoever by faith 
trust in the death of Christ and is baptized into his death. Okay, that person. That person is ready to follow the Lord. He's talking about a wholehearted commitment to following Jesus. Okay, so does he also say eating and loving remembrance of him. When we take communion today, not his real blood, not his real flesh. Okay, but we take it in remembrance of what? Of his death burial and resurrection. Why did he die? He died for our sins. He didn't die for his sins. He died for our sins. Okay. Why did he stay in that grave for three days? He stayed in that grave for three days because he said he was going to stay in that grave for three days. Why did he rise on the third day? He rose on the third day because he said he was going to rise on the third day. Paul said if he don't rise on the third day, we are men most miserable. So he rose with all power. Verse 57. Find out why these people rejected Jesus. They do the same reason today. The same reason today. Because when Jesus comes into a man's life or a woman's life, he consumes that whole life. And then that life is be, that life then becomes centered around serving the Lord. Serving is hard. Serving ain't for everybody. Serving is impossible. Serving is impossible for those who have not the spirit of God. Ah, let me say that again, just for the record. It's impossible to serve God without the spirit of God. And that's why you see a lack of service in the churches. Verse 58, verse 57, excuse me. Paul, John is writing here, Jesus is saying here, as the living Father hath sent me, okay, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me shall live by me. So he's saying there's a commitment that's being made for those who are going to eat the flesh. If you're going to partake of, of the Lord, then there's a commitment that has to be made. He's going to consume you. I, I, you know, you go to you go to churches and I and we've all done it and we close the service out. We put the chairs down and people come and join the church, join, join the church. OK, we don't do that. I don't like doing that. I didn't. I never I never I never really like doing that because I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what this person has has heard. And we say it all the time. A lot of people sit in those chairs and, and they sit in there one time and you don't see them no more. OK. Why? Because when you leave out of here, when you leave out of here, the world coming at you. You make a public confession of Jesus Christ, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to serve because Satan is a jealous little G God. And he don't want you serving him. He don't want you serving God. He don't want you going to church. I, my heart breaks. And I turn on the TV this afternoon and the football game be on and I, and I see all a stadium full and, and, and more and more it's become full of women. I'm seeing more women at these football games with their children. That was something you would never see back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. It was just men. Now, just women and children and children. 
And it's not ironic that the game started at 1 o'clock. It's not ironic that most people get ready for a football game on Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Pastor, you just being nitpicking. Who can hear it? Who can hear it? Verse, verse, verse 60 says, who can hear it? That's a question. Let me read it in context. He says, many of the, therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, heard all that I just told you, said, this is a hard saying. Maybe it's impossible to live a life totally committed to the Lord. We know it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's very possible. But, but, but Jesus... Jesus' disciples here, these followers here, wasn't ready for it. And they said, who can hear it? And when Jesus knew, verse 61, in himself, that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, do this offend you? What he meant by offend mean, is this too much for you? Does this trouble you? Is this, am I, am I asking too much? Okay, now there's some things that we do serve. Okay, I've been, I've been married to Cindy for 40 years, and I'm totally committed, and 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 I serve her. Okay, but she knows where she at in the pecking order. God is number one. If I'm not serving God first, my service to her. Okay, would be problematic. It would be it would be a different kind of relationship. You know, I see people getting relationships and it's well, I'm in a relationship with you for what you can do for me. Sort of give and take. But when a man and I said it, I think I said it last week, when a man finds Christ or when a woman finds Christ, that's when they learn how to love for real. True love. Is based on true love. And God is true love. Verse 62. Now here's when Jesus gets radical. He gets radical. Here, and, here, and here's where it really, really turned the corner for me. Because these disciples murmured. Murmured means they were speaking within themselves. Well, Jesus is omniscient. He understood what they were saying, even though they didn't say it out loud. He understands the heart of man. And they murmured. They saying, that's impossible. We're not going to serve God like that. We got other things. Remember the story of, of the wedding parable, the wedding, when, when God called all his people to come to the wedding feast. And they all had other stuff to do. One had a farm. One had a new wife. One had some horses to break in. One had a new business. I mean, we had all kinds of excuses why we can't serve the Lord. Okay? So Jesus says this because they, they were offended by, by that. Jesus said this in verse 62. Well, what if, if that troubled you, what if? What and if shall ye see, wait a minute, let me get it right. What and if ye shall see the son of man of sin where he was before. Now he said, you want to really, you want me to really give you the business. If you stay with me long enough, you're going to watch me ascend unto heaven where I came from. Mm -hmm. We know that to be true. 
We know that the apostles watched Jesus ascend into heaven. We, we sit here and we say it all the time. He's ascended unto heaven and he's seated at, on the right hand of the Father. But all that before, before all that, Jesus, the Bible said Jesus performed so many miracles that the word of God could not hold them all. Okay. Let me give you just a sample size. Jesus says, if you, if you watch me, if you stay with me long enough, not only you will see me ascend into heaven, but watch, I'm going to raise the dead. I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to heal lepers. I'm going to open blind eyes. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to heal a woman with an issue of blood. I'm going to save a man on Calvary's cross from going to hell. I'm going to feed 5,000 people with, with two fishes. Okay? I'm going to calm the wind and the sea. I'm going to turn water into wine. How about that? I, no, I always get, I always get on social media. I always get with the, the folks that, that you know. Well, you know, I, I reason I drink, I Jesus turned water into wine. He must have made it meant it to be good. I say, listen, 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 listen. Okay, Jesus did not turn water into Jack Daniels. Okay, <laughs> Jesus did not turn water into Bud Light. He did not turn water into MD twenty twenty. Okay, and the reason he turned water into wine was not to, to get everybody drunk at the wedding. He turned water into wine to prove his deity, that he could take a substance like water and turn it into wine instantly, where in that day, uh, that quality of wine Jesus turned that water into would have taken a year. He did it instantly. He did it instantly to prove what? That he truly was God. Don't. Don't, 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 don't let them wine heads fool you. They want, they want to believe Jesus turned water into wine to justify them being drunks. Well, he didn't. That's just me. This is me. Okay. I'll get off that hobby horse. <laughs> hey, people ask me all the time, well, you must have a problem with wine. You must have a problem with alcohol. Because I, they do, and, and, and I don't, I don't. That, that's, one, that's one sin that I don't have a problem with, is drinking. Never have. Know why? Because I watch a family of alcoholics, okay? I worked at a prison for a lot of years, and a lot of people was in there for killing people in cars after being drunk, okay? I know the dangers of it. I would never promote it from this pulpit, alcohol consumption, and I know some pastors do. Nothing wrong with a little bit. But every drunk I know started with a, a little bit. Everybody I know that has a problem with wine started with a little bit. Okay? See, we say here all the time, sin with what? Always take you further than you plan on going. Keep you there longer than you plan on staying. And cost you more than you plan on spending. So we, we, we I, I like to be cautious about it. I have people offer me wine all the time. Got a lot of a lot of people that I work with in hospice and at the gym, and they make wine, and they'll they'll say, "Hey, holidays come around. You want a bottle of wine? You want? I don't, I don't take it." And I explain to them why I don't take it. Not because I not because I'm being just rude. And I, I understand you want to gift me with something like that, but alcohol dangerous to me. That's my that's my that's all I got on alcohol. I don't, I don't even like going to wedding receptions with church folk because I don't want to see none of y'all drinking, you know. <laughs> like, Pastor, I'm drinking. He's seen me with that Coke 45. Um, 
where I'm at. Verse 63, I'm going to go straight down the text. Watch this. Watch this. It is the spirit that quickeneth. It's a semicolon there, so I'm going to take a little time there. Okay? It is the spirit that quickeneth. Now, what, what, what Jesus is saying, these folks that have decided that they can't follow Jesus no more because they don't have the spirit of God. You cannot follow God without the spirit. You can join a church without the spirit. You can, you can join a church without the spirit. Okay? And you can give your money to the church, and you can sing in a choir, and you can do a whole lot of things without the Spirit. Okay? But the Word of God and the Spirit work hand in hand. Okay? And it is a Spirit that quickeneth, that Spirit that makes a man or a woman come alive. Okay? The Word of God says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But he has quickened us, made us alive. So a true follower of Christ, okay? Mary, are you listening to me? Yes, I am. A true follower of Christ has been quickened, has been made alive, has heard the word of God, has received it by faith, and has received the spirit of God. And now this person has the power of God dwelling in his soul. And he can walk in that what we call newness of life. Amen. Okay? But a person without the Spirit is going to have trouble hearing the Word of God. They take a pastor that preaches the Word of God, and nah, man, that's, they don't understand it. That's why you have a lot of pastors, they got fleshy messages. The messages are fleshy and earthly and worldly. And people, I, I told you the story a couple weeks ago about the, the mouse. And that guy was preaching about the mouse and, you know, the mouse. And, 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 and it's almost fictional. It's what you see on TV. The word of God stands alone. You don't have to doctor it up none. Okay? You don't have to do that. But the word also purifies the man or woman of God. When I say purifies, it makes us stronger. When, we're, when, we're, when something is being purified, it, it's making us stronger. Taking away the stuff in our lives that hold us back. It's taking away stuff in our lives that keeps us from serving God with all power. And I, I, I know people always wonder, well, how, can, how can somebody do so much for the Lord? How could Paul do so much for the Lord? When once Paul, once Paul got saved, once the Spirit of God was, was given Paul and received by Paul, he became powerful. Paul wrote all those things. Paul says, listen, he says, he says, with God, all things are possible. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Paul, Paul says, I, I, I keep focused on the, on the mark that's set before me. Paul had the power of God working in him, and he was able to do great things. Even when he was on his deathbed in, in Timothy chapter 4, he was still talking strong about his service to the Lord. His service to the Lord. 63 again, it is the spirit that quickeneth the, the flesh, profiteth nothing. Okay? The fleshly man, the fleshly, the fleshly believer wants a fleshly message. Mm -hmm. The spiritual believer wants a spiritual message. Now I've always said we are we are born again 
by the spirit. So we have a spiritual birth and we have a fleshly birth. The fleshly birth wants the flesh. The spiritual birth wants the things of God, wants to hear the word of God explained, wants to hear the word of God preached and taught. They want to hear it because they know that's where their strength comes from. They know that's where their strength comes from. So in verse 63, it says, it is the spirit that quickening, and the flesh profited nothing. But then, then Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you are spirit. He said, they are spirit and they are life. True followers, true disciples want the word of God. They want to hear the word of God. They want that spirit of life. They want their spirit to be fed. Because when we go out into this crazy world and, and we're not spiritually strong, we can be challenged. And we can stumble and we can fall. Just like our phones. Just like our phones. You, you have your phone and you know when that battery going down. You know when it's time to plug it in. Most of them start at 15%. They'll start going black. Okay. And you know what time it is. It's time to put it on the charger. Sadly, a lot of Christians is running on 8 and 9%. And they'll tell you, hey, listen, you know, you ain't got long. You better get on the charger. And you stay away from the church. Stay away from hearing the gospel preach. Stay away from listening to the gospel. You get weaker and weaker Amen. and weaker. And next thing you know. That phone, once it shuts off like that, got to reboot it up. Sometimes you got to reboot it and everything. You don't want your phone to go zero. You don't want your spirit to go zero. Let's keep going. Pastor, keep going. Verse 64. Jesus is purifying his followers. He, want, he didn't want fake people following him. He said, if you're going to follow me, you got to be strong. you got to be spirit-filled. And he says in verse 64, he said, and there are some of you that believe not. Now, that's something that, uh, that a pastor would never say. You will never hear that in a, from a pastor. You might hear it from me, okay? But then somebody will rebuke me. They'll say, well, you don't, you don't have a right. You, you don't have a right to judge a person's Christianity or a person's faith. I, I beg to differ, Amen. okay? I beg to differ. Uh, there, there's, there's evidence of, of, a, of, a, of a life that's committed to the Lord. There's going to be evidence of, there's going to be a hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's going to be a person who's interested in learning about the things of God, interested in praying, interested in learning how to pray, interested in fellowship, interested in being at Bible study and at Sunday school. That, that, that interest has to be there. And if you can't be there, you're going to have it on your phone. I, I'm not all against the phones. There's some great stuff on the phones. There's some great sermons you can listen to. Dick and Jeremy just talked about our church being online with almost a thousand sermons. Now, we've almost got a thousand sermons downloaded on, on, on sermon audio from this church. Okay? And, and people from all over the world listen to sermon audio. Every month I get data to come back. And somebody in the United Kingdom, somebody in Africa, somebody in Germany had listened to the sermon. Okay? God's word will not return void. Y'all remember years ago we had the snowstorm and God challenged me. Nobody was here. I was the only one here. I preached the word. Preached the word. I could have said, oh, Pastor, ain't nobody here. Ain't nobody here. God, why he preached to me? Okay. You say so. Verse 64. Watch. But there are some of you who believe not. For Jesus, 
knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. How did he know? Because we believe that Jesus Christ is omniscient. He is all-knowing. This is not a surprise to Jesus. He didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't just this day like, oh, these people don't believe. He knew from the beginning. He's all-knowing. Okay? And he wanted to, he wanted to weed out. He wanted to weed out those that are following him. He wanted to weed them out. And he challenged them. He said he knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. Believe not mean what? Didn't have enough faith to follow. See, when people don't have enough faith to follow, when adversity come, when trials come, tribulations come, when them evil spirits come, and your faith is not strong enough to fight off all these attacks, faith cometh how? By hearing. And hearing how? By the word of God. Hearing meaning what? Hearing in a way that you understand. Hearing in a way that you understand and you can make applications of what you heard to your life. So when you walk out onto that job, when I go into these families' houses, talking about hospice, talking about spiritual care, talking about the things of God, I can go in the spirit. I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't know what to say. Say something. Say something. Talk to them about something. Y'all hear me pray all the time. One of the, one of the things I always pray. I got social workers that be with me when I'm praying for families. One of the things that I always pray for, hey, whoever I'm praying for, keep it simple. Lord, I pray that you show your grace, your mercy, and your love to this family. Let them know that you will never leave them for nor forsake them. It's not real deep. Some people, some pastors preach, they preach their prayer life. Is, oh, I pray for five hours every day. Ain't nobody praying five hours every day. Okay? It's, I hear somebody say, well, I'm, I'll just pray. I go in my closet and I pray for a solid hour straight. I have a problem with that. It's hard for me to pray for five minutes. I'm just being serious. And, I'm, and, and, and nowhere in the word of God does, does God say, well, you need to pray for five hours straight or an hour. Okay? I think a lot of it is just boasting. Now, I pray without ceasing. Okay? I may ride by a Ford Escape and I think about Sylvia. I say, that car looks like Sylvia. I might pray for her. Okay? If I'm going up Market Street and I pass where Christine live at, I, I might pray for her in that whole building. If I see an ambulance coming down the street and the light's on, I'm praying for Folks, it's in there. Fire truck, police car, people pulled over. I, I, that's what I do. Praying all the time. Praying all the time. But I ain't, I'm not sitting there praying, praying five hours straight. I don't even know if I want to do that. <laughs> 64 again. But there were some of you who believed not. Okay. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And then he goes to 65 and he said, therefore, I say unto you. This is radical, too. And I'm going to explain what makes this radical because we don't we don't see it like this. He said, therefore, I said unto you, know that no man can come unto me. Except it were given unto him of my father 
Now, y'all remember that song. If Ann was here, she remember, you know, where, where they say, I decided to follow Jesus. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No sinner, no man in the flesh ever is going to wake up and say, well, you know what? Today is a good day to follow Jesus. I'm just going to stop doing what the flesh called me to do. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop fornicating. I'm going to stop committing adultery. I'm going to stop smoking dope. I'm just going to give my life to the Lord. Let me tell you something. If that comes, don't take credit for it. Don't take credit for it. You say to yourself, the Lord has quickened my spirit. So you can't take credit for it. I cannot take credit for the fact that I am born again and saved and full of the spirit of God. I, can, I will never take credit for it because the day God saved me, I was not looking for it. I was not trying. I did not wake up saying, you know what? Today I'm going to be a good boy. I woke up saying today I'm going to bust hell wide open. That's how sinners think. Okay. Today I'm going to be my baddest self. I'm going to do some of the worst things imaginable. That's, that's how far the mind would take us. And God saved me that day. And y'all know my testimony. Sitting at a funeral, sitting way in the back. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm like at the rafters. I mean, I mean, I, if I was at the, if I was at the uh, Quicken Loans Cavaliers game, the, the players would look this big. I was so far back in that church. I ain't want nobody to see me. But God. <laughs> okay. But God. Okay. Saw me. Knew my need. He knew it. Margaret, he knew it before I knew it. See, when we sing what a mighty God we serve, that's all that. I mean, you got to incorporate all that into that song. What a mighty God we serve. He knew our needs, Deacon Jeremy, before we knew him. Ain't that deep? He knew what we needed before we even thought we needed it. How about that? That's interesting to me. That's all interesting to me. And he said, therefore, I said unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my father. Think about some of the people that came to the Lord. Think about some of the people that come to the Lord. You, we think about Zacchaeus up in that tree. He wasn't thinking about coming to the Lord that day. That wasn't the day that he's, I'm going to get up in this tree and I'm going to come to the Lord. No, Jesus seen Zacchaeus up in that tree calling my name. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. And Zacchaeus like, I know, how does this man know my name? He was hated. He probably never, never been called Zacchaeus. Probably called some whole lot of crazy stuff. Okay? Matthew, Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Okay? Matthew 9, 9. He's sitting there doing his business. Jesus walks by. He said, he said Matthew, follow me. The Bible says he just stopped doing everything he did. And, and he came to the Lord. See, that's how the Lord comes. So if you got called, if you got called to the Lord, and you can continually continue in sin, that, that's not a good call. Don't, don't, don't put that on God. If God calls you, and you say you're in a relationship, you shacking up with a man, shacking up with a woman, getting high, drinking. God call you and, and you put all your weed in your pocket and, and you 
And you can, you, I'm saved, but I'm, I, you know, I'm saved, but I can't leave this relationship because I can't pay, I can't afford to rent on my own. Well, God ain't, God ain't in that. God ain't in that. I, I, I remember my one boy got saved. He got saved, and he was living with his girlfriend. And he got saved. He was a drunk. When he got saved, he know what I'm talking about. He listened to all my sermons. And, and, and he was here. Y'all know we called him White Dave. And, and he was a drunk, and he was living with his girlfriend. And he got saved. And he stopped drinking immediately. I mean, uh, taste, went out, uh, taste went out of his mouth, and he left that relationship, told her, listen, when I come back, we'll be married. That's some serious stuff. That's sort of like what we talk about in Sunday school today. See, faith is an action word. When we come to the Lord by faith, there's an action that follows. We turn away from the idols. We turn away from some stuff. Okay? I mean, people come to the Lord and don't turn for nothing. Bring all their stuff. Just like me. They're like the rich young ruler. Now, a lot of preachers say, well, the rich young ruler was a, he was a blessed man. He was blessed. He had everything. He had cars and houses. He had all kind of women. And, and when he came to the Lord, the Lord told him, go get rid of everything and follow me. Preachers today say, no, come with your stuff tied off of it. <laughs> we are tied in church. So you just give me 10% of everything you got and you can follow me. See? See? That's how we operate. I ain't going to get through all this. Verse 65, Jesus gave him the business. Verse 66, watch. After, see, after Jesus gives them the business, again, the word of God is a cleansing word. The word of God is a purifying word. The word of God is a word of encouragement. Watch 66. Watch what happens. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Why do y'all think that happened? Think about it. He set a standard. See, he set a standard. Jesus set a standard. If you're going to walk with me, if you want the blessings of heaven, if you want the joy of heaven, if you want the joy of living in this world we live in today with divine protection, it comes with a cost. Amen. It comes with a cost. If you want my Shekinah glory to beam down on you and all your loved ones and for me to be your guiding light and your lamp at your feet, all that kind of stuff, then it comes with a cost. They weren't willing to pay the cost. They were not willing to pay the cost. And the Bible says in verse 66, and from that time, many of his disciples went back. Went back. We're not hearing this message today. We're not hearing this message today. Know why? Because we don't hold on to all the members we want, can get. We don't care how they're living. We don't care what they, we don't, we don't want to know. And we're not going to make say anything to upset them. Because they may stop giving. They may stop coming. Jesus didn't care about that. And no pastor should. He says to the 12. Now I heard one commentary on this, he said, you could hear the pain in his voice when he turned to the 12 and said this. I don't see no pain in his voice. I don't see no pain in his voice. See, I, I, I say this, Mervyn. You're going to get in that box by yourself. Okay? you got to carry your cross. i got to carry mine. Okay? So Jesus says in, in verse 67, and then said Jesus unto the 12. Okay? 
You want to know who the 12 is? Turn to Matthew 10, and he'll tell you who the 12 is. He turns to the 12 and says, will you go away also? How about that? How about that? How about that? Hmm. Hmm. Who's the spokesman? Who's the spokesman? Peter. Peter. I love Peter. Y'all to love Peter. Watch what Peter says. I gotta put it, I gotta put a note here. Watch what Peter says. And I'm gonna close with this. And then Simon Peter answered him. Lord. Remember the question. Jesus asked them, would they go away also? And Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? How about that? No, there was no place to go. There was no place to go forever to go for a man or a woman who has been born again from above. There's no place to go. I, I, I don't care. I, I run into people. Uh, well, you, can, you can walk away from your salvation. You can lose your salvation. No. No, no, no. Ain't nothing like the real thing. When you say, when God has quickened you, have made you alive, you've been born again, you cannot, and I'll go to the grave with it. Unborn yourself. There's nothing them two babies can do for me not to be their grandpa. Not, nothing. They, they can say it all they want. I don't want to be, I don't want you to be my grandpa. You don't give me enough gummies. You can't undo what God has done. Okay? You, you can't. People are like, oh, you know, so-and-so, he was in the church for 30 years, and he left the church, and back in drinking. Being in the church is different from being saved. Being in the church is different from being born again. Okay? Watch what, watch what Peter says. Let's take note from it. Then Simon Peter answered and said to him, and answered, Lord, to whom shall we Go. Here's where it gets good. Thou has the words of eternal life. The true man or woman of God, the true man and woman of God, the true born again believer has embraced the words of eternal life. You know this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. There is life after death. And that life is only found in Jesus Christ, our Messiah, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was crucified on Calvary's cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and rose on the third day, and has ascended into heaven. There's only life. In the Son, that's it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, the, that's, the, that's what we do this for. We have everlasting life. Let me, let me give you some assurance. 
We get caught up. I mean, I mean, Satan has made this world beautiful. He has made this world so wonderful. Folks don't want to leave. Folks don't want to leave. Somebody sent me a somebody sent me a mine the other day where 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 a woman heading heading somewhere with a phone and holding on to a TV. No, 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 no. Now you're going to heaven. You ain't gonna be thinking about no TVs in heaven. You ain't gonna need no cell phone in heaven. All right. You ain't gonna need no walker in heaven. No glasses in heaven. None of that stuff. Amen. You ain't none of that. None of that stuff. Watch. Give me a few verses. Y'all bear with me. Bear with me. Here's Peter. Let me just give you some Peter stuff. Here's Peter. Telling Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Watch what he says here. In Acts 4.12. He says this. Neither is there salvation in any other. Here's Peter. Dogmatic Peter. For there is none other name under heaven. Whereby we must be saved. Okay? None, none, there's none other name under heaven. Now here's John. Here's John talking to the people in the young church. The young people were confused about salvation. Here's John, fresh off of Patmos Island. John, here he is in 1 John 5, 11. He says this, and this is the record. Here's John. That God had given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. How about that? Eternal life is where? It's in his son. Amen. It's in his son. And it's not some willy-nilly thing. See, we willy-nilly thing. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. You know, I, I was with a family recently, and, and, and they, they, they called the priest in, and they get a family, the last rites. Let me tell you something. The last rites don't mean nothing if you ain't got the first ones. Okay? We giving somebody last rites when they ain't get the first rites. When there's none other name under heaven whereby a man must be saved. Last rites don't get you into heaven. Now I can come in and pray with you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to come in and pray with you. And I don't, you know, I only got the book. I only got God's word. That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, well, as I close, I know I've been long today. I don't know how long I was. Verse 69, here's Peter again. And we believe, Peter says, and we believe. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me run 68, 60, 69 together, and I'm going to close. 68, 69. Jesus had just asked, will you go away also? And here's Peter's response. This is the same Peter. This is the same Peter when Jesus said, you know, who do men say I am? Y'all know what Peter said. Peter, Peter, Peter didn't hesitate. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now here's Peter again. And then, then Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And watch this. Watch this. And we believe. How? We believe by faith. We believe by faith. And we believe and are sure. Do you do you, do you, do you, do you believe and are you sure that thou art that Christ? The son of the living God. That's what I like to say somebody on a deathbed. I'll probably offend the whole family. I come in the room. Does he, did, while he was living, 
Did he believe and was he sure that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God? How about I say that on your deathbed? Well, I, 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 listen, I, I don't know if he believed all that. I mean, he went to church on Christmas and Easter. Ain't that about right? Ain't that about right? Uh, you know, he went to church on Easter. You know, we had Easter egg hunt for the kids. And I mean, he gave some time. Uh, no, 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 that's not what I asked him. See? See, preachers, preachers, we, we just wash, whitewash everything. We want everybody to like us. Preacher walk in, preachers on Oprah. Preachers on, preachers on Dr. Phil and preacher, preachers on TV. Listen, put me on TV. Ain't nobody watching that. Just fool off TV. For God so loved the world stuff. God, yeah, God, I believe that. You gotta believe that. And you going to heaven. You, you, you listen, you, listen. Ain't nobody going. Ain't nobody going to heaven. And they don't believe John three sixteen. Amen. All right. So this is the question for all of us in here. And you talk to somebody and they tell me, "Well, I'm going to heaven." You know, you're gonna be with your Uncle Joe. You're gonna be with your wife. You know, you're gonna be with Chester. I'm going to see my dad again. I'm going to see my mom again. I'm going to see my great aunt again. And you ain't going to see them again if they don't believe this. Amen. It sounds good, don't it? Don't, don't it sound good? Well, you know, they you know, back together again. Neither one of them. Neither one of them cared a dime about the things of God. But they, they're back together again. See, see, that's too much. Pastor, that's too much. That's too much. Be nice. Well, here's what Jesus said. Here's what Peter said. And what Peter said, we have to say. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou has the words of eternal life. So if you're going to have eternal life, you have to have the words of eternal life. And we believe. And we believe. Here's Peter. And we believe by faith. And we believe and are sure. Okay? Without a doubt that thou art that Christ. And Christ wasn't Jesus' last name. I say this all the time. Christ, when you hear Jesus Christ, Christ means he was that Messiah come from heaven. That Christ, the son of the living God. And there was a devil among the twelve. Well, that's all I have. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord. We believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, who come down from heaven to die for our sins. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you for not only waking us up out of our deadness, quickening us with your spirit, but in, in, in giving us the faith to believe. Yes. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. God.